Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second edition one andrea you cut your hair it looks nice oh thanks yeah i went fresh side shape well yeah but i went shorter than i meant to and then i hacked it so i gotta go get a proper cut but it looks good though Thank you. It was like getting I, out of control. I wouldn't notice that hack if you hadn't pointed it out. Well, I had to, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you. It's in our contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My lawyer said I have to. You might need a new lawyer. Hmm. He told me hmm. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody needs a new lawyer. <laughs> Not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 actual and not legal expert, Caleb. <laughs> and joining me on the CSC is the XO Kitsy. You now own exactly one fifth of Baltar's skinny ass. <laughs> also not a legal expert. <laughs> And, of course, the president of the podcast, The Twelve Colonies, and our hearts, Andrea. See, the thing about being a legal expert is I don't think that means fucking anything on this show. I think any old person can be a lawyer is the uh, impression I'm getting. The thing about legal experts is they le- – wait, that's Lee Oban. <laughs> that's Lee Oban. <laughs> so before we get too far into the episode – As in at all. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like I – am obligated to inform both of you oh that uh i got real confused and uh just rewatched maelstrom instead of the uh (laughs) you know that one that one we already recorded an episode for uh i just rewatched that one ready to talk about it again and did not uh did not rewatch uh the sun also rises uh, and to boot, uh, when Andrew and I watched it last week, I was only half paying attention. Oh. So we're about to have a lot of fun. Good. Oh, no. <laughs> I say you have seen it, but then I, I know you have seen it. I've seen it, yes. Oh. But uh, yeah, so this this might be interesting for me. Some of this might come as a surprise to you. Mm. Perhaps. <laughs> I paid attention. So good. I don't want to brag, but I did the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I did an assignment. Some... <laughs> It's a big group uh, group project energy going on right yep. now. <laughs> I'm always the one. It's fine. I'm used to it. No, I don't mind at all. I, I don't mind. No, I'm happy to. <laughs> well, 
In that case, uh, for for Kitsy's sake, previously on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, we're not going to recap Maelstrom because that was an emotional event for all of us. Uh, I keep forgetting and then remembering and... I just, uh, Michael, our, our, our co-host uh, for, for Night Shift, uh, in Slack this morning was like, Andrea, after watching uh, Dirty Hands, something's got to happen. Andrea, after watching Maelstrom, no, not like that, though. <laughs> it's, it's true. That is exactly how it went. I really, I feel like I made that happen. Can I ask how much delight the two of you took in knowing what was coming next after you heard me say that? Well, so it's, it, here's the weird thing is that um, you actually did make that happen because last time I watched through this, Starbuck didn't die. So, <laughs> like, this is new to me. I don't know. I don't know how you did it, but you changed the history of the show forever. Wow. I would love for that to be true because it means I could go back and somehow unmake it happen. Make it unhappen? No, you can't, though. That's the thing. It also confirms that we are, in fact, in the worst timeline. A hundred percent. There it is. (laughs) Because in the other timelines, Starbuck doesn't die. Oh. I do think at (laughs) the beginning of this season, no, series, the series being second edition one, I do think I told the two of you that if Starbuck died, I was going to be furious at both of you for making me get into this show (laughs) just to break my heart. And now here we are. Here we are. But it's it's far enough into the show that we got you hooked. I if it know. had happened in like end of season one, you'd have been like, "Fuck you guys, uh, this out. is done. Not interested anymore." Yeah, now I'm invested. What's going to be really weird is when one of us dies, and then we have to replace. I think I've made this joke already several times, but it's yeah. worth it, you know repeating. Wait, one of us, as in the characters we claim to represent, or one of us, as in the hosts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, my. So I learned a thing oh. uh, because of this episode. I learned that the try and tribunal has nothing to do with the letter or the, the number. Sorry. The number three. It, 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 a tribunal is not, in fact, a, uh, a panel of three judges deciding uh, the fate of someone or something. Well. Uh, it, it could be. It can be, much in the same way that a square is a rhombus. Mm. I don't think that's true. No, I think it it's, is. Exa- it's exactly the same. A square is a rhombus, a square is a rectangle, and a square is a parallelogram, but those three things are not squares. And a square is a U. No. Like a nerd, you know? I get it. Oh, but no. I mean, I ain't no square. <laughs> I, I don't think a square is a rhombus or a parallelogram because then it would no longer be a square. It is a rectangle, no. though. I ain't no oxmoron. That's true. Y'all ever seen Renaissance Man? Uh, have I seen? I actually DeVito? don't know. That movie's great. Maybe. Oh, according to according to this thing I googled, a square is always a rhombus. It is a special kind of rhombus where all four corners are right angles. That sounds like bullshit to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, a, a tribunal is convened. It's finally happening. Ladies and gentlemen, the trial of the century, whatever <laughs> century this happens to be. Oh. Because we don't know. 24th. Uh, 24th, okay. Uh, the trial of the 24th century. Uh, this guy's It might be the trial of the millennia. It might oh, be. It's we don't millennium. know what millennia this is in. 
<laughs> and so a, a a tribunal is being convened of five judges that are drawn by a uh, five tribunal. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of what that would be, and I I drew a blank on what the the word for five would be. Five. <laughs> What's the number for 911? <laughs> uh, it's 0118-999-881-99-911-9725. Three. <laughs> What's um, the soup du jour? It's, oh, it's the soup of the day. Hmm. That sounds good. I'll have that. So the the judges are being drawn by a by a lottery system. All the all the names in a in a bowl uh, that uh, Tori and the president are are picking from, uh, which is it's a very a, very official method. It's very goblet of fire. Adama, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> did you put your name in the goblet? Of fire? <laughs> oh, it's more heartbreaking because. I, I like to think that if Kara were still alive, like it, let's say an, an alternate timeline of this show, Kara's still alive and Kara's name gets drawn as a sixth judge. <laughs> Kara Thrice! Did you put your name in that ball? Wait, and that fucking dude in the wizard robes from the uh, uh, quorum of however yes, many is there, yes. he's the one pulling yes. the names. Now, uh, yes, Kitsy. The, the it was only the ship's captains in the bowl though, and Starbucks not a ship's captain. Well, Harry Potter wasn't sixteen. Ain't that the truth? Well, I would <laughs> know that if whole... I had ever read Harry Potter or watched any of the movies. <laughs> that's, that's the whole fine. point. That's why it's a scandal. That's why Dumbledore <laughs> yells like a lunatic in the movies only. In the book, it's very calm. Yeah. I'm not sure which I prefer. Anyway, so they draw five names from amongst the captains of the fleet. Um, but we know that it's not just the captains, uh, of which, uh, Kara was a captain, technically. Mm-hmm. True. I didn't. Because Admiral Adama's name is drawn, although we actually only in the scene here add, yeah. and then it cuts away. But we infer, and later are confirmed correct. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it'd be Adrock from the Beastie Boys. Ooh. <laughs> That would have been a really cool twist. Adrian Brody. That's how you say his name in uh, Battlestar Days. Adriatic Brody. There it is. Oh, nice. How many captains are in the fleet-ish? Do we have any idea? Like, even a guess? Well, how many ships are there? Because I guess that's it's, a better question. Prob- it's probably one-to-one, I would assume. Yeah. Just because I'm wondering what the odds are of the person we've been watching the captain we've been following this whole series being pulled. Also, I, I, I don't think it's appropriate for him to be on the the tribunal for this particular trial. <laughs> it's certainly I agree. Yeah, he should have recused himself. I've watched Law and Order. He's extraordinarily biased. He shouldn't have been in the bowl in the first place. He claims claims that uh, he is capable of you know hearing the facts and making an informed and okay. unbiased judgment. Even but you if, know, I don't believe him. I I do, actually. Um, I, I believe that he's capable of doing that. I don't know that I believe that he will do that. And more importantly... <laughs> he could, he just doesn't want to. <laughs> That's more also Im- fair. More importantly, uh, <laughs> I don't... I think the optics are bad. 
because mm-hmm. no matter what he like, even if he does make a decision in what is objectively a fair way, it could still be seen as him being biased anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, just for that reason and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> I was, I was distracted trying to find the, the number of ships. Uh, oh, and so sorry. it took me a second to catch up with what you were too many ships. You were doing there. Too many ships. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the approximate number that uh, escaped initially was about 64. Uh, and we know that a fair number of them have been lost uh, throughout the, the time. Uh, but when um, the um, Rosalind faction jumps away to, was it, it was Cobalt, right? When they decided Cobalt. to... Cool. And Ty says, that's a, that's almost a third of the fleet. Oh, yeah. Um, it was 24 ships that jumped away. 24 is close to a third of 64. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we can probably safely assume that there's still roughly 50-ish uh, after all of the so... the losses in the, the uh, star cluster and you know various battles and whatnot. Yeah, that, that, that tracks because I, I bet they've... There was also a lot of paper in that bull. And they were all yeah. octagonal. This Tiny fucking show. <laughs> I wonder. You, I wonder if they they weighted the the um, the statistics by uh, that's not the right word, but uh, by putting multiple like multiple pieces of paper with the same name on them based on like how many people were on the ship. Oh. So like if you if your ship was a bigger ship with more citizens, then you had a better chance of getting picked. Maybe I kind of like that. Are uh, there's a, a wiki page that has, uh, and Andrew, you're not allowed to look at it because it does have spoilers, yeah. um, that has uh, names of ships that are actually seen on screen as well as names of ships that are just mentioned in passing hmm. uh, and so forth. Uh, and then a few ships that are listed as being not part of uh, the Galacticus fleet. Uh, so interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, the... <laughs> I don't think the admiral should have been uh, in the in that bowl either, but he was, and so he and four others are selected. Uh, and somehow, amongst the fleet, they found themselves the like, the, like stereotypical sleazy looking lawyer to represent <laughs> Baltar. <laughs> they like they scoured the nation's uh, accident lawyer commercials until they found just the right guy to cast for this. <laughs> Um, oh God! Why am I blanking on his name again? Uh, he's been in a Brazilian things, and I like him a lot. I'm blanking on his name. Kitsy, I made you look it up. Brazilian. Which which lawyer are we talking about? Are we talking about the first one that dies? The or? first one, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, don't know. Oh, goodness. I don't remember. I'm because afraid. it. I'm sorry, going. No, I'm just afraid to Google. Yes, you yeah, should not. I'm, I'm going to see if I, okay. I'm going to see if I can find it while while we're talking. Um, but yeah, so they they find a lawyer to represent Baltar, and of course, everyone is absolutely thrilled that Baltar is going to get his fair trial, and they really are supportive uh, of him and mm-hmm. of this uh, this lawyer. And due process and, and due process, yeah, and everything goes really great, and you know the the lawyer is routinely shuttled seamlessly back and forth between the ships and you know nothing else happens and he definitely no, doesn't try to whisper true. in in racetrack's ear uh <laughs> while she's wearing her helmet 
Which is and take hilarious. her shoes off and, and take his shoes off in her raptor. Mark Shepard, <laughs> I figured it out a safe way. Oh. Oh, he's nice. in an episode of the X-Files. He's in a bunch of episodes of uh, Supernatural. So yeah, I so, Googled actor in X-Files and Supernatural. There are a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so he is, we'll get to him. He it comes along later. Um, I think the original, uh, the character's name was Alan Hughes. He was played by Tyler McClendon. Oh, that uh, guy. Yeah, I don't care about him, but that's yeah. good to know. Sorry. I gave the wrong Which information. Has been in a... Quite a bit of stuff, but anyway, we're not oh. here to talk about. Also, was in at least one episode of uh, Supernatural. Fun fact. Huh. huh. I wonder what yeah. the X Files Supernatural. Uh, what's the show called? Battlestar Galactica. Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there. He's 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 weird. He's creepy. He takes off his shoes in the Raptor and <laughs> tries to whisper in the pilot's ears while she's wearing a helmet. And uh, <laughs> she loudly proclaims how much she, she doesn't like that as he's, you know, classic move. He's right behind you. are like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's okay, though, because he makes up for it by blowing the fuck up. Yep, he says. Immediately. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I have a theory. Okay. I have a theory. Because... I think that we're meant to believe that this was sabotage. Listen up, y'all. That's the Beastie <laughs> Boys tie-in from earlier. <laughs> um, but I posit that he suicide bombed himself <laughs> because he did. He just couldn't bring himself to be Baltar's lawyer. But. <laughs> And I don't mean for like any um, like moral or ethical reasons or like no. you know I know this guy's guilty or whatever. He just couldn't fucking stand to be around Baltar any longer. I, I don't mean, I think it was compulsory. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think he had a choice in the matter. Did he though? I mean, maybe. Um, and so uh, the the basically his chair explodes. <laughs> uh, there, there was there was a bomb under it. It, it kills they him. I love putting uh, bombs under chairs on this show. In yeah. Raptors, well, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and thankfully, it does not kill our our intrepid pilot, Racetrack. She lives to uh, to snark another day. We certainly uh, couldn't lose Racetrack and Starbuck back to back. Oh, my God. That would have just been cruel. Yeah. Absolutely cruel. Um. So now the, the search is on to find a replacement. And, you know, the... The president, she feels like she's got a few good prospects lined up, which seems odd because not only is this uh, one of the most hated men in you know recent human history, mm-hmm. uh, but also it's now clearly a dangerous job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but think about like O.J. Simpson's lawyer. What the hell is that guy's name? Not a Jew. Shapiro? Uh, no. Sharp? Is it Sharp? I don't know. No. Words. You're thinking of... The other, the yeah. you, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Uh, yes, that's the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so think about that. Like obviously, um, you know, O.J. Simpson was probably not favorable, much like like uh, Baltar. Uh, but being a, a lawyer in such a high profile case would be good for your career, regardless of uh, who the defendant was. I think so. <coughs> yeah, that's fair. Might be. A- <coughs> You're right. <coughs> More sabotage. Well, we're, we're about to find out what happens when one of us dies. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, 
anyway, as I was saying, it might be a career move. Could be. That's fair. That's fair. That makes sense. Um, or a career-ending move. I mean, I don't trust Mark Shepard, but we'll see. But yeah, so we get uh, we we do get a replacement, and uh, as Andrea said, it's Mark Shepard or Discount um, Bono. Discount <laughs> Bono, really? <laughs> you take that back. Mark Shepard is a jewel. He's got I, the tiniest I, glasses. On. I am speaking <laughs> specifically of the character, not Mark okay. Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, between the like the the borderline Irish accent and the sunglasses inside all the time. Uh, and just the kind of like attitude of like, he kind of puts on that, like I am a rock star, like vibe. So that's why discount Bono. I always okay. forget that Mark Shepard is actually British. Cause there's something about his accent that always sounds fake to me. Mm-hmm. Like I almost made a remark when we were watching it, that he was doing a bad accent, but that's just his voice. What? It, it... <laughs> Sounds uh, because like his voice is so gravelly, like naturally, it kind of sounds a bit like Baltar's Erlon accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I thought that, huh. that was really fascinating. That like immediately after we learn about what that accent's like, they bring in someone who talks kind of reminiscent of that. That's interesting. I, I think that might be an intentional thing too. Uh-huh. Oh. Um. But of course, uh, listeners may know uh, Mark Shepard from, as we said, uh, Supernatural. Uh, he was in. Doctor Who. He was. Uh, Who was he in Doctor Who? He uh, the Kent in Delaware, the third in the uh, the the Silence season. Oh right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, one of my favorites. I love a, it. Oh, I, I should rewatch it. that. That's very good. You should. Uh, Is that a so podcast? Yeah. It could be. Uh oh, Kitsy froze. What? Oh, you're back. Um, <clears throat> Where was I? So yeah, so the the lawyer has been selected, the judges have been selected, but uh, the the fleet and specifically like our, our main cast really hasn't had any time at all to process what just happened, <sighs> the, like the major loss. I mean, they've probably had even less time than we've had. Um, you know who's taking we it see super them? well though? Lee Sam Anders. <laughs> The pyramid player, yeah, Cylon. he's taking the, it. The he's widower. taking it real well. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, so let's let's look in on a few of our our, uh, our friends here. Sam, let's see. We'll start with him. Sam is uh, is drunk out of his mind, standing on a viper, presumably Starbucks. And, uh, Starbucks uh, flip- exploded. Oh, that's right. It's well, it's her other viper. Viper. It's you her know, Starbucks viper. doesn't have just one. Just one. <laughs> So he's he's standing on a viper and he's tossing a coin in the air, a uh, a colonial cubit, uh, and it's coming up heads every time. And he's just like, "You see that? My girl's too lucky to die." <sighs> and I don't know that you. Okay, you know what, buddy? Okay, let's. I let's mean, get heads is coming up a lot, though. Like the odds of that. Uh, okay, but. What does that have to do with Starbucks? He's drunk. He's drunk. He's maybe maybe it's a trick coin. He's grieving. He he's, wants to believe. Or maybe he in, was a magician before he was a pyramid player, and so he's really good at, like, sleight of hand and manipulating coin tosses. Could be. I think he's in mm-hmm. the denial part of Dabda. I think, I think you're probably correct. Um, meanwhile, uh, our buddy Lee... 
He's uh, in the Hall of Remembrance, which is a, a mm. very just... What what is the word that I'm looking for? It's a very big name for this place. Yeah, just a tiny little corridor uh, where all of the the these uh, the photos of the dead and gone or, or missing are hung, mm. and uh, he can't quite bring himself to to hang the photo. He's he's trying uh, as he had promised Starbuck in the the previous episode, uh, and one of the other pilots calls him in to check on Sam, and he he helps talk Sam down. He's like, you know, it's. You gotta, you gotta come down. But let's get you, let's get you some, some water. Let's get, you know, let's have you lay down. And Sam is like, you know, he's, she's still out there. I know it. And he's like, no, Sam, mm. she's not. And he's like, I know you're right. Ugh. It's a very, very touching moment. Like one of the the few, if only, times where we get this kind of like bonding moment between Sam and Lee. Mm-hmm. It's all it took was Starbuck to die, and now, now they can be friends. <laughs> You know the best of friends. Oh God. <laughs> um, but the senior Adama is uh, he's sitting in his in his quarters and he's looking through some papers. Oh my God! He's looking through. Oh, I forgot some about files. this. Files. <sighs> and uh, Andrea, if you had watched these episodes back to back, it would have just been nonstop Mm-mm. bawling. Oh uh, Jesus! Because he's flipping through Starbucks file and he sees the disciplinary reports and even like a there's couple a lot of commendations. Of them. There's so yeah, there's, many. there's just report after report after report, report <laughs> uh, for disciplinary uh, problems. Uh, but then he comes across a, a birthday card that she wrote for him. She said, "You know, you always you always were like a father to me." And he opens it up and it's a picture of her with a, f- a fake mustache on. She's like, do you see the resemblance? And he laughs and actually says out loud, yeah, I can see the resemblance. Which is just a, a beautiful moment. I would like our listeners to know that Andrea Shut is up. legit crying right now. Shut up. I'm fine. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I love her so much and I love the two of them so much and I just I miss her and Adama misses her and he does the thing that I'm such a sucker for where he's laughing and crying at the same time. And that just kind of like you are that kind of, kind of like I am right now. And it just, I, Oh God, it's heartbreaking. He's so good. I'm fine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, you know, who <laughs> else misses her though is, uh, it's Colonel Ty. Yeah, as he's here in the, the very mundane and boring chatter over the over the wireless. He's like, never thought I'd miss all Starbucks yakking. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> and Gator's just like, yes, sir. I'm not sure Gator does miss her. Mm, I, I think Gator's just fucking done. He's <laughs> Gator's done with everyone. He's had it. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Uh, especially like if you think back. Starbuck was the uh, the deciding vote in the almost execution of Gata. So right, that little Gata's, fucker. He should be a little more. Uh, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't necessarily have a reason to miss her. Um, oh wait, I thought you meant I forgot. No, she was, she, she, she had bloodlust in her. Yeah, that's right. She came in ready to ready to kill someone. She no. didn't care who. <clears throat> All right, I take back what I just said. But the uh, the admiral walks onto the CIC and uh, Ty greets him, Your Honor, and this uh, of course elicits a confused look from the admiral who has spent the afternoon crying over his uh, personnel files, uh, been there, only done to that. find out that that uh, he's been uh, it's been announced that he's been selected as one of the uh, the tribunal judges, and as uh, Kitsy uh, stated on the the uh, lead into the show. 
Oh, I was assuming Andrew will just copy and paste it in. <laughs> <laughs> he says, must... you now owe one own Kitsy do it or I'm going to Baltard up. <laughs> you now own exactly one fifth of Baltar's skinny ass. <laughs> There you go. So you're one of the five captains picked to serve on the on the judges' t- tribunal. Uh, I, I believe this is the point where I yelled at my uh, television, uh, but was wrong uh, that a tribunal couldn't have five judges. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe try means five in uh, Battlestar Galactica universe. I don't think that that's true, but thank you. Um, <laughs> Tribunal is from the the base Tricon. Tri- tribune, which is uh, Latin. Tribunus was the title of various elected officials in ancient Rome. Hmm. It's just, it's just, an, yeah. I'm closing those tabs. James Tribunus <laughs> Kirk. James Tribunus Kirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said I said Tricon, and no one laughed, and I think it was funny. Who's that? It's like like Picon, but Tricon. Yeah, it's like Tricon. Oh, that would okay. be. That would be the Battlestar Galactification of that word. That's already a Battlestar Galactica. Okay, that's fine. Tricon is not already a word. Picon's the one of the no. colonies. Picon is. I'm saying Tricon with a T. Yeah, yeah. but you said it's from Picon. <laughs> and then you said it's... <laughs> what is happening I'm right now? I'm saying that, that Tricon yes. would be the Battlestar Galactification of the prefix tri. Um, oh, okay, I understand now. It's octagonal, all right? Let's move on. Got it. I doubt it. I drove. <laughs> you don't even have a car. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Speaking of things that are octagonal, uh, I didn't get a chance to count the faces. Uh, uh, when I say I didn't get a chance, I mean I didn't like pause the video feed specifically to do this. Um, but if you look at Apollo's watch... The face is circular, but the frame is not. I think Ooh. it might be hexagonal. I'm sure but, it is. But it, it's, uh, it could be octagonal. Oh, wait, that's what I meant. I'm yeah. sure it's octagonal. <laughs> the attention to detail in this show. Yeah. Uh, just there's something I noticed, and I pointed out to Ellen, and she, she wasn't that impressed. <laughs> just, just once, I want one of them to come across either a a perfect rectangle and be like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or something with nine sides and be like, what the fuck is this? What is this? This is too many sides. Uh, (laughs) Non-agonal. So um, I forget where, but there was some place where like in the background, there were photos hanging framed on the wall and they were rectangular. And oh, the props like department forgot to trim the corners mm-hmm. off with, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It disappointed me because so far it's been so spot on. They've, they've, there's so many triangles of paper sitting. Yes, in like, seriously, there were sitting in a landfill somewhere. There from were the pictures um, of <laughs> Boomer's family in their apartment. Maybe it was there. No, it was more recent because I think that those actually were correct. Oh, that's um, so funny. I, I don't remember where it was, um, and I, I meant to point it out on the show, and I, I totally forgot. Uh, but, yeah, so there's a whole thing where there's a press conference, and the people are like, how are you going to find another lawyer? <laughs> uh, and Rosalind's like, we don't negotiate with terrorists. And I'm, I'm, this scene could have been cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, but Apollo, uh, Apollo's having trouble delivering the, uh, the, the daily briefing to his pilots. He can't focus. Mm. He's, he's messing up what's, uh, what sector and like Hilo has to correct him. And, you know, when Hilo's more on top of it than, than you are, like Hilo hasn't even flown in like half a season. Well, he, he's been flying a desk. Actually, he's, he, no, he hasn't even flown in like more than a season because <laughs> he was an oh, officer yeah. Like a deck officer, CIC officer, uh, the XO. Wow, not not just a officer uh, for like the entire occupation on New Caprica. Oh, yeah, so that's that right. Two years, uh, and then coming back, he was relegated down to Dogsville. So, <laughs> is he still down there? Does he say anything about that? No, he's in the ready room. So obviously, he's now back oh, on flight duh. duty. Yeah, Sorry. I think they. I think at this point they're like, you know, we need all available pilots and the people in Dogsville can deal with someone who's not uh, like major level yeah, <laughs> or whatever his rank is at this point. Uh, and Lee's, you know, he's, he's, he's fuzzy headed. He's, he's getting things wrong. And at some point, uh, uh, racetrack makes a, a crack to, uh, to Athena about being careful to look under her seat when she does, uh, shuttle flights, which, yeah. Um, and Apollo's like, hey, you got lucky, Starbuck. If I were you, I'd seriously consider but Yeah. I mean, racetrack. That is rough. <laughs> I want I want so badly for someone, like, well, specifically racetrack in this place, uh, in this place spot to have said, um, no worries. Because in the transcript, in parentheses, it says, everybody worries. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Kind of not. What? <laughs> you know, that's a pretty good just overall assumption for any given moment in Battlestar Galactica yeah. is everybody worries. Everybody worries. <laughs> that also could have been the name of our podcast. <laughs> Everybody worries is such a funny, like, <laughs> stage note or whatever. Stage direction. It's it's also kind of profound. This is what I like. Because, like, 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 it it makes you feel less alone because you're like, I worry, but everybody worries. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, everybody worries. Our How to Deal with Stress podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a terrible host for How to Deal with Stress podcast. Oh. Like, well, Coming you can soon. run forever from your problems or <laughs> just ignore them. <laughs> you can do what I did and quit your job. Yep. Yeah, these are great. We're all doing great. <laughs> Coming soon to Night Shift Radio. <laughs> Visit nsrad.io for updates. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned, Romo Lampkin, which is a great name, mm-hmm. gets uh, assigned to the, uh, the illustrious duty of... Uh, defense attorney for Gaius Baltar. But um, he's going to have to wait because we have multiple Dreda's oh. contacts. So we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. Is that in order? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners. It's Caleb from Night Shift Radio. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories, performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word. 
Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com storyteller. Hey there, listener. Did you know you're our favorite listener? That's right. You're a very special listener. And I, president of the podcast, Andrea, am here with a super secret recommendation just for you. There's another little podcast on our network that you may have heard of, and it's called Left of the Dial. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, talk about a different record they love. They also talk with really amazing guests. For example, a recent episode features New Jersey's second favorite son and king of the DIY comedy scene, Chris Gethard, and me. I was, I was on that one too. Focusing on new and independent music, they're a great way to find your new favorite band. And Left of the Dial is so excited to announce their new live in-studio music series, Left of the Dial Live. Head over to leftofthedial.live to check out recent sessions from the Tisburys, Hit Like a Girl, and Mikey Erg, just to name a few. While you're there, you're going to want to subscribe so you don't miss any of the incredible sessions they've got coming up. And as always, for more information on Left of the Dial Live, the Storyteller series, and all of our other wonderful shows, you can head on over to nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's, it's like radio. Today's cool quote nope. uh, is from H.G. Wells. <gasps> Uh, and it's advertising is legalized lying, mm. which I think is rude, but not entirely inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our ads are true. Mm-hmm. We don't lie. Mm-mm. Our ads don't lie. I can't think of any other words <laughs> to that, so that's all you got. <laughs> oh, very good content. I was. I want you all to know. I was resisting the urge to to sing "Everybody Worries" to the tune of "Everybody Hurts" by R.E.M. <laughs> yep, I understand. Not the resisting the urge thing. I appreciate the restraint. I have poor impulse control. So, in addition to being assigned the uh, the task of defending Gaius Baltar in his upcoming trial, uh, Roma Lampkin is assigned a very special bodyguard. Uh, you know, due primarily to the fact that the last one got blown up. Is the uh, last lawyer? Oh, you're talking about Lee. I was like, the cat's not his bodyguard, because <laughs> you see, he has a cat. He does have a cat, which, <laughs> which is. Is this the first time we've seen a cat in Battlestar? I yes. think so. I Absolutely. So as well. The Battlestar Galactic understand. universe contains exactly one dog and one cat. Battlestar Galactic cat. Oh, love but, that Gacatica. Nope, that's Gacatica. That's, no, that's no, hard to nothing. say. I mean, you don't even have to change the number of syllables. You just add a T to the end. Yes, Kitsy. Cattlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, it's right there. That's That was the herd of cattle that they were <laughs> keeping on Cloud9, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, why he got a cat? I mean, I know he said some bullshit about it being his like sisters or whatever. But why does he really have a cat? Uh, ex-wife. Ex-wife, whatever. Uh it's, it's it's one of those like bullshit um, affectations to make him interesting that he carries a cat around everywhere, right? Isn't that like yeah? Or the cat's like got some kind of microchip. Is the cat a Cylon? Ooh. Can cats be silent? Of course, cats can be Cylons. If any animal if, can be a Cylon, it would be a cat. Mm-hmm. If if humans can be Cylons, or if, That's if there why can be human Cylons, nine lives. there can be cat Cylons. Yes, but they can only regenerate eight times because they have nine. Lives. So they're time lords. <laughs> They're both. They can only regenerate eight times instead of twelve because they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Are we are we creating a Venn diagram of Cylons, Time Lords, and Cats? Yeah, I love it. Is that it. happening? Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. In the center is regenerates. Yep. Um, oh, I was going to go with yeah, evil. So, evil. Oh wait, that's <laughs> also, also accurate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. 
morally ambiguous, I think, is maybe mm-hmm. more accurate. That's a, yeah, that's This a, that's is fair. all I'm going to be thinking about now. So he gets assigned Leah Dama as a, uh, uh, as a special envoy, a special bodyguard, so to speak. Basically, it's, you know, security detail, which I think, I don't know, I, I feel like the Admiral may have a, a little bit of an ulterior motive there with, like, you know, kind of a keep an eye on him and, like, you know, like... I don't know, spy on Baltar or something like that. He doesn't explicitly say anything like that. It, it is very much a, like, you know, I need someone I can trust. And also I don't want you flying right now because <laughs> yeah. you know, people are getting blown up. Yeah. Uh, and I think so there's that. Lee, I don't think I know because he says so. Lee is aware that that's part of what's happening here and he's not happy about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh see, so you're, you're grounding me mm-hmm. then? <laughs> you're grounded, young man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. He took away his uh, Xbox. He made him hang out with this weird lawyer. <laughs> Can't go to the zoo with his friends. I would love he, to go to the zoo. Hilo's going to be the keg because there has to be a keg. So we get the, the first chance for Romo to meet with his client. And, of course, it has to be on somewhat neutral grounds. Uh, he, he declines to meet uh, in the interrogation room or in Baltar's cell. Or any place where he believes or is confident that uh, there could be uh, uh, spy microphones you know listening they, in. Where they should could have be... met? Where should they have this met? This is only for me. And now yeah. I've talked about it too much. But they should have met in the gym because the gym is neutral territory, which is a lifetime song. Oh. I'm okay. leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> it's only for me, but I'm leaving it in. Anyway. I thought they should they should have met on the makeout deck. Oh, we haven't seen the makeout deck in a minute. No. Did it get blown up? No. It's closed for repairs. <laughs> it's closed. Uh, it probably is. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Didn't we figure that out? That is actually where the um, Cylon Raider boarded that time early on? I don't know if no. we figured that out. Oh. Because at least one heavy raider got on through the, the hangar deck. Yeah. But yeah, so he, he uh, demands to meet in Lee's quarters, of all places, which does not make the Admiral happy. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, they meet, and he, um, he gives Baltar paper to, to write, and Baltar immediately just launches into, like, writing down uh, his thoughts on modern society's obsessions. He's a genius. You just can't contain him. You just can't. can't. I'm trying to find the actual, like, opening line uh, because he says it a few times. Oh, the nature of modern life is obsession. And it's like this profound statement. I'm like, what? Like, We need more here, guys. Yeah, come on. (laughs) You got to support that thesis, pal. And as he's writing, he's like, do you honestly think they're going to give me a fair trial? (laughs) Doubtful. <laughs> Lampkin gives him a little shit for for writing, but doesn't doesn't discourage it. But uh, he does say that he'll go and he'll, he'll talk to the the six at uh, at Gaius's request. He thinks that uh, she could be the one to like seal his fate permanently if she's if she's not feeling particularly fond of him at the moment she's being questioned. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Is he? I think so. He's right. I mean, it's... I honestly then. don't remember. He's definitely right in an if-then situation. Like, if yeah. she's not feeling fond of him, then she could seal his fate for sure. Well, I, uh, I don't know where she's going to land on that, but... 
I mean, let's just look at it from the 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 basic facts. I mean, she was the Cylon that he was with on Caprica uh, that seduced him and, and like got him to give up the security codes. She knows intimately mm. his involvement <laughs> with the <laughs> with the uh, with the, the Cylon attack. So, uh, if she so choose. Uh, chose chooses uh, any one of those works. If, if she if she she so choice, if she were to choice, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she could she could you know have him executed like that, uh, knowing full well that it wouldn't save her. But you know, if she was feeling spiteful, then then it is what it is. Six spiteful? <laughs> no. Never never no. heard of such a thing. I love her. Um, we haven't seen enough of her lately. Well, we she haven't. is in jail. She is in jail. I'll go but, visit uh, her. Okay. Uh, Lampkin does. He he, he gets uh, he gets permission. Uh, he, he takes a trip to Colonial One, gets some files that he needs, and then gets permission to to visit the six. Uh, and he gives her a gift. It's Gaius's pen, which Gaius doesn't know he stole. Yeah, what he has this. Mean? What do you this mean? Wh- he gave it to him specifically to give to six. Well, that's, that's the story it. tells. Uh, so I love that we start to see this the 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 first uh, inklings of a plan forming uh, for Lampkin, because um, he he meets with Gaius and takes his pen while giving him paper, uh, and creates in Gaius this sense of like oh the uh, you know the the government the military they're they're trying to silence me they've stolen my pen they've st- like they've they've snuffed my words. Um, but he doesn't know that it was his lawyer who took the pen. Uh, so we get this great scene of him tearing his room apart, mm-hmm. looking for it. Uh, and then he tries to give the pen the lawyer does to, uh, to the six and gives her this whole speech about like how guys wanted you to have this, how he, he knows that like this, this is the only thing that like empowers his voice. And like, it's, it's so important for you to know like how he feels about you. And it's this beautiful, beautiful speech. And of course, she's like, you know, they won't let me keep it. So that has the effect of like it plants that seed in her mind. But he still has hold of the pen, which he can later get back to to guys delivered as a gift, uh, as like, look what I did for you. Mm-hmm. I, as your lawyer, got your pen back, and all of the pieces are set in place. Pretty good. Remember Kelly? Yeah, I mean the. The the shitty guy that they promoted to XO briefly mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when Adama was out. Uh, uh, well, he's back. Yeah, on on a brief vacation. Uh, 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 I knew I didn't bullet. like that guy. Yeah, um, he's apparently been uh, essentially supervising the hangar deck. Kind of like what Chief would do. I don't, I have, they, they have mentioned at one point what he does, and I can't wrap my head around it. It seems like it, very much like a sending Hilo to Dogsville thing. Like, mm-hmm. a, this guy, we can't get rid of him, <laughs> but we don't want him around, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And so I think he's, he's mostly been supervising the, the hangar deck and the, you know, the, the comings and goings of the fleet traffic. Basically, uh, and he's totally fine with Baltar. He he loves Baltar and really supports him, and so much. Uh, you know, is is doing everything he can to ensure safe passage for 
uh, for his lawyers. Very important to do that. And he takes his job very seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just couldn't understand why uh, someone would possibly put a bomb on the raptor that was going to shuttle the, uh, uh, the lawyer and uh, he, uh, Apollo. I have... He just... I was just about to ask a stupid question. Oh, please do. (laughs) Actually, maybe it's not a stupid question because he's not the only one there. It seems crazy to me that they wouldn't have checked that raptor to make sure there wasn't a bomb underneath. Even if, well, let's pretend that we don't know how this ends. But it does seem crazy to me that they're not paying better attention since there's already one threat. Like it shouldn't be that easy for anybody to get a bomb in there. Yeah, like the like even approaching that ship should be like yes. heavily scrutinized and questioned, uh, and of course before it passes any pre-flight checks, they should be doing physical sweeps through the whole mm-hmm. ship. Uh, but also, when one is discovered, maybe you lock down every single person who's had contact yeah. with it and find out who the fuck did it. They don't seem that concerned with that part of it. Also, but there's just a whole group of people that are like, oh, how could this have happened? This is this is against everything we stand for. <laughs> but also... But somebody... Poison the water hole. This is the 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 scene with the where the cat gets out of the bag, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yes. Yep. Someone let the cat out of the bag. You got it. Yeah, he does carry <laughs> it around in a bag, so I'm mm-hmm. not wrong. Um, so something stuck out to me about this scene that I think is really weird. Um, in that the cat j- jumps out the door just as the door is closing. Um. Uh, the chief noticing the cat tells everyone to get out of the raptor. He's like, we got to get this cat. Everyone out of like major, come on out of that raptor. And it's like, why, why does he have to come out? Why, oh, like, why does he have to come out? He says that before he notices the bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he notices the bomb. He starts screaming bomb, bomb, everybody out. Uh, but if you notice like when, when he, when he sees the cat and he's like, what was that? A cat? And he's like, major, come on out of there. Maybe. No, he doesn't. He just says, hold up. Oh, open the door, open the door. What the frack was that thing? Did you see that? What? I think it was a cat. Uh, and then he just goes on to like yell about the cat. And then he crawls around on the ground until he finds the bomb and yells about it. I mean, I definitely heard him say it on the, the episode I watched. Well, that you watched like two weeks ago. <laughs> but I, I remember making a, a note of it because it was it stuck out to me so much like that's one thing that is possible and i haven't we haven't shared this yet on the podcast but um for kitsy's birthday earlier this year we got them a cameo from uh Tyrell, and he talks about in that first episode improvising his big speech and so i mm. wonder if that has carried through and sometimes Tyrrell just says stuff mm-hmm. and so that's something he said that doesn't actually it's not in the script yeah i'm gonna i'll go back and watch um i'll share that cameo or part of it anyway on on our twitter too that part because i think that part's really interesting and there's no spoilers some people will like that yeah head over to mm, setcon one podcast at twitter <laughs> dot com to see Tyrrell. <laughs> well to see aaron douglas well Aaron Douglas. 
by the way, thank you both. For that. that was a lovely gift for my birthday. Well, and I, I very much, <laughs> I very much appreciated it. Uh, back in March when it was my birthday and I got it. Um, uh, even, even though apparently, uh, you made Aaron Douglas think that I haven't seen the show before. I was very clear in my directions, but, uh, I, I, I very much wanted to tweet at him and be like, no, I've seen this show. I don't know why I needed to prove to him that I have. Um, no, I understand. But anyway, I have a theory. If you all don't mind indulging me for a second, I've got a theory, please. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who planted the bomb. Kelly did. How do we know? We that? do know because Kelly said so. Oh yeah, they they <laughs> they end up finding <laughs> well, never the mind. evidence. Never mind my theory. Just kidding. Yeah. Can I tell you my theory anyway, though? Because I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. Even though it's even though it's obviously wrong. <laughs> Go for it. So. This is why I need to watch the episode right before you record. Yeah, so bud. This, don't forget this obviously obviously wrong, but we're going to share it anyway. Theory is going to get posted to our Facebook page. <laughs> oh, <Wait>. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. Uh, so the theory I had was um, that because we see, uh, we, we learn a little later that, that Romo is... Uh, doing doing things that are manipulative, like mm. taking Gaius's pen to make p- him think he's being silenced, and you know, giving it to Six and telling her that he, uh, you know, wanted her to have it, even though he didn't. And then there's some other shit. I know with what Rosalind. you're gonna say. Um, you think he trained the cat to plant the bomb? No, no, not quite, <laughs> not quite, not quite. Good kid, not quite. But I think the cat's involved. The cat oh. is an accomplice. Um, I think he, well, so obviously he didn't, but my theory was that he planted the bomb in order to kind of make it look like someone's out to get him, right? Like someone's trying to to take him out too. Mm-hmm. And the reason the cat jumps out and runs under the raptor is so that someone finds the bomb and it doesn't go off. I do love that. Would that mean that he murdered the first lawyer? No. No, I think uh, in my in my theory, he he rem- he heard about that happening. He remembered it happening, and he thought, "What a good idea for manipulation! <laughs> I will use this because it'll be believable because it already happened once, and I will plant this bomb." It's like a black flag operation, right? Like so, maybe Kelly did false the flag, first false one. flag, black flag. Maybe <laughs> Kelly did the first one, and uh, the cat did the second. What's the cat's name? I don't know if we find out the cat's yeah. name. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And the cat doesn't have any speaking roles, so I can't <laughs> find it in the transcript. <laughs> you can't Google it. Yeah. In this transcript. So, speaking of lawyers, uh, we've, we've gotten ahead of ourselves a little bit. We've been professional right there. <laughs> we've, we've, uh, we've spoiled the reveal, but uh, you know, how we got there, uh, we know from the, the incident with the pen uh, and then from later on when Lee finds, you know, with, we we see a scene where Adama has a missing button. Uh, the president can't seem to find her glasses. Uh, all of these little things are going missing. And Lee finds them in um, the lawyer's bag after an incident where a bomb on his door was missed. Like, they go to reenter his quarters, uh, and the, the guard sees a, a screw on the ground just, just as a moment too late to stop uh, Romo from entering the, the code and setting off the explosion. Luckily, it doesn't kill our intrepid lawyer, uh, but it does hospitalize him. So Lee's you know, brought him a bag of things, and he finds in that all of these missing items, the button, 
the glasses, uh, a few other items. And then he pulls out a detonator uh, from, from the explosive packs. He's like, so this, uh, do you want to tell me where you got this? And he's like, oh, the, uh, the guy who was, who was yelling at you. You know, the, the, Kelly, I think you called him. Mm-hmm. And that's how we find out uh, oh. that Kelly was actually responsible for the bombings. Uh, and you know, he he does the whole, like, you better lock me up because I'll never stop. I'm like, mm, I think you will, buddy. I think you're going to stop. I, th- I think you're going to stop oh, right yeah, Because they're locking him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so with the, uh, the imminent threat seemingly uh, subsided, uh, the the elder Adama decides to reinstate uh, Apollo as CAG, and you know everything's back to normal. You know we don't have to we don't have to be afraid for you anymore. You can fly again. And Apollo's like, but I wanna, mm-hmm. I wanna help with the lawyering and the legal stuff. And Adama's like, well, you can do all that later. And right you know, now you have to do your chores. Go fly mm-hmm. that viper. Yeah. And he's like, you're a CAG. You're not a lawyer. Far from it. And what? And you're a judge? A no, but point. like the other men, the other men picked. I'm capable of listening to the evidence and making an ethical decision. Which so, I'll take back my earlier statement. I do think he's capable of it. So, um, so wait, all, all of the people picked were men. That's interesting. Hmm. Are there I, any non-male captains in this? Fleet? Fucking better be. There better be. But well, do we know if there are? Also. Do you think, I mean, I guess probably. Never mind. Never mind. Or is it men in the pre-English uh, sense? The way that they call everybody sir. Man. Oh, we're man. Uh, mankind. Man, man, you know, mankind. It had nothing to do with gender. Mm-hmm. Um, Could be. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah. The uh, the the younger Apollo, he's gotten a, uh, gotten a little taste for this lawyer and stuff. He's he's intrigued by uh, what uh, what the what what Ramon's doing. He's like, you know, I, I'm I'm close to the case. I understand the strategy, and I you know I think I can I can really help. And you know, I, I, his father just keeps pushing back, and he's like, then why'd you give me the books? He's like, oh, it was a mistake. Really, a mistake? That's what yeah. you're going with? Yeah, that was a weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That was like an odd. This whole back and forth with them is curious to me. Also, what a coincidence that uh, what's his face knew uh, Grandpa Dama. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. We totally missed that uh, that reveal where uh, Romo Lampkin uh, le- learned everything he knows about lawyer and from Joseph Adama. And he hates him for it. Hated him. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a whole great thing about, uh, you know, how, you know, Joseph Adama, like, was was a, a hated man because he defended high-profile uh, criminal cases. And, you know, Ramo said, you know, Joe just wanted to understand people. And, you know, I, I wanted to learn from him, and so I did. I, I did the same thing. And so that's like we get why he's willing to take on the Baltar case, right. calling back to our question at the beginning of the show. So I was right. Yeah. Um, to an extent, you were. You were writer than I am. <laughs> one, uh, one interesting moment uh, is when uh, Lee's finding all the stuff in, in uh, Romo's bag. 
and he finds uh, Adama's coat button. Um, oh yeah. He I forget I forget what it is, but he he points out that like it's it's I can't remember if it's tarnished or if all the other buttons are tarnished and it's not. It is. It is. Um, which he attributes to like Adama, like you know, using it as like a worry. Uh, mm-hmm. Worry stone, yeah. Worry stone, yeah. And uh, it's like, what are you fucking Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's it's very oh. Sherlockian. Lampkin points out that all of the other officers' buttons are are polished to a sheen, like That's every single is, one yeah. of them. But Adama's are not, and he makes some sort of a side comment, so like you know, he's he's let the you know, the 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 decorum stuff slide a bit uh, in, in recent times. I want to find the exact line because that's a, a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and this show doesn't really just throw in minor details for no reason. Uh, or does it? The soldier in him has had it. Uh, Ty, you, Ty, the others, all shiny. The soldier in him has had enough for a while. He'll be glad to sit in that courtroom and fire his missiles there. So this reference, uh, like the old man is just, he's tired of war, tired of soldiering, uh, and tired of all of the, the, the things that come along with that. Do you guys believe uh, that? I think there's definitely a part of him that is. I think that uh, he really liked Laura's idea of building a cabin by the lake. That's true. And just... Rest in his weary bones. I mean, he think about it. He was supposed to be retired. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was done. I always forget that that's how this. He wasn't started. even supposed to be here today. It was one day from retirement. He's uh, getting too old for this shit, mm-hmm. as they say. But yeah. So as all of this is coming to a head, and father and son are arguing, and Lee says some hurtful things about you know with with Zach and Kara gone, you needed someone else to carry the flag. Is that it? You know. Because Adam was like, you're a pilot, and you're my son. I'll not look across that courtroom and see you sitting on the other side. And Oh, no. That's interesting. Because I'm... I'm... He might have meant the other side of the room. Mm -hmm. But if he's referring to sitting on the other side as in, like, with Baltar... Mm Mm-hmm. That means that he's already decided that he is oh, yeah. on the side against Baltar, which as a, a tribunal judge, he should not be. Uh-huh. So that's interesting. I didn't catch that before. Yeah, yeah that that stood out to me as well. Like, what does he mean by the other side? Because mm-hmm. that's a um, weird thing to say about, like, he doesn't say across from me, which makes more sense when you think about how a courtroom mm-hmm. is set up. Mm-hmm. You don't say he's not sitting on the other side. Like that's not yeah. that. But he is if. Uh Adama, your mm-hmm. Freudian slip is showing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and so he tells uh Lee to report for duty, and that's where we get Lee's really awkward. Is that an order, sir? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just says you're you're in way over your head. Report for duty. Is that an order? <laughs> Do giving you orders. <laughs> I really, he's he's had it. Is that so, is that is that his way of saying you're fired or I quit or like what's he what is he trying to say there? 
it felt like it was a like yeah like you're like you're not military material and like you're too stubborn that's how i took it that he wasn't saying i think to me it was kind of like i don't know do what the fuck ever you want like i'm done dealing with this right now and if for lee that means he's done being military it i mean in that moment i was expecting lee to be like well then i'm through through taking them Mm -hmm. you can't fire me i quit (laughs) but uh next time we see him he's he's still in well he's not in uniform he's in his like the the fatigues he's like you know the the jumpsuit or whatever well he doesn't Um, have any other clothes that's true (laughs) he has one button-up shirt that is way too big that he wore on cloud nine and that's it yep R.I.P. Um, that shirt. R.I.P. That shirt. <laughs> R.I.P. That shirt. Uh, but he does finally hang uh, Kara's photo, uh, and you know Le- uh, Anders comes along at just the right time, and yeah, you know, so the um, we see him on, on crutches. He's got a, a broken leg from falling off the the raptor Dumb. viper, falling off the viper, and they yeah, ask how, how it is and. He says, you know, gave me a reason not to come up here. Sooner or later, you run out of excuses. So they have another just kind of like sweet little moment as as they, they, they hang the photo. And he's like, you know, it's, it's hard to let her go. So I feel you, dog. And, uh, you know, Adama, uh, the, the, the admiral is, uh, of course, in the meantime, stormed under the CIC and told them to once again uh, remove Apollo from CAG and put <laughs> Hilo back on. Like, they... That Barely dance. finished writing. <laughs> it's, it's like that classic comedy bit. Uh-huh. Uh, the stage is set. We have uh, two uh, two Adamas on opposite sides of uh, of this trial, uh, physically and potentially, uh, most likely ideologically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lee exploring the uh, the influence of his, of his grandfather and you know, the. Like what his mission was in life, uh, defending the you know the the people that uh, others thought were the, the worst in humanity. We have a weird kleptomaniac lawyer uh, who's got plans. Boy, does he have plans! He's so interesting. And um, I think everybody's stuff got returned mm. uh, in the end. I don't know about the button. Did they ever catch the cat? Or is it still just roaming around the hangar deck? They keep finding the cat. Periodically, I expected Lee to pull the cat out of the bag when he was in. <laughs> I brought you this bag of stuff you asked for. Oh God, it's a cat! <laughs> um, I'd like to think yeah, that they, the hangar deck just has a cat now. Like you know how yeah. like a bookstore sometimes has a cat. Like I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, that that that, that cat will just pop up every now and then mm-hmm. when it's needed. Um, but yeah, Andrea, thoughts about this one? I'm ready. I don't know. There's, I mean. I think they've set it up for us, but that lawyer, there is something peculiar about Mm -hmm. him. I love what a weird little magpie he is. They're the ones who collect shiny things, right? Or a ferret. Um, (laughs) He's just, he's, he's very interesting to me. Um, I don't, I'm afraid to say anything because I killed Kara Thrace (laughs) this week, (laughs) last week. No, I don't know. We're in a weird kind of in between place. We only have two episodes left so yeah, i'm ready we for are anything in this season not in the show in this, right yeah yeah and We're, i can't ask y'all this question but i'm curious as to whether or not the pattern of totally shaking things up between 
season one and two if there are did they do that force between seasons one and two as well i don't mm-hmm. remember what the in between oh um, fuck that's when we found the uh pride rock or stonehenge pride rock. <laughs> oh boy um so yeah i'm ready i think i'm kind of ready for anything especially going into that last season mm-hmm. maybe baltar gets put to death because his trial seems pretty open and shut to me but then he comes back yeah we had we ended season one with cobalt's last screaming cobalt. last gleaming we ended uh season two with lay down your burdens mm-hmm. uh the the beginning of uh new caprica uh, occupation and we're ending season three with this Big deal trial. Uh-oh. So. Oh, I just thought of a thing we should sounds have been like doing a, all along. Sounds like kind of a low point for me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I. Legal shit. The, yeah, the I next know. two episodes are strict le- procedural it's, legal. It's courtroom procedural. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I might be into it. I don't know. <laughs> What's the title of the next episode? Uh, Crossroads part one and part two. Uh, that doesn't give me enough. I was going to say we should have been me guessing what the next episode was going to be based on the titles, but I think that they're going to come to a point where they have to make a tough decision in the next two episodes. <laughs> See you at the crossroads. Gee, I wonder what that tough decision might be. And we pray, and we pray. I'm going to miss everybody. <laughs> oh, God. So, they, it, it's either a, a tough decision or they have an R&B concert remembering Kara. I would love that. <laughs> we're we're going to find out. So we're going to spool up our FTL drives so that uh, Andrea can go watch Crossbones episode part mm-hmm. one for the first mm-hmm. time. And uh, we will see you to talk about that next week. So say we all. So say we all. Dun dun. So say we all. <laughs> <laughs> Executive producer, Dick Wolf. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio original. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.